This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcast. You are so lucky today because we have an amazing episode of proving that I was right about something and I do love episodes like that. So I am Jessica Kupferman and wish me with me as always is the cackling Elsie Escobar and the guy that keeps it all together, John Jamingo, our producer. Thank you guys both for being here. Yay. It's lovely to see you. Woo-hoo. Everything is, oh my gosh. There's nothing better than gloating Jessica. I know. Scott just did something that is going to make you violently angry, John. <laughs> we can wait a moment, can't we? To like go down the list of things that we have scheduled on our show notes. In Yes. Our show notes. Okay. Yeah. So after would- I said what I said, then we go to... Today on She Podcasts, we are going to be talking about a report that Apple is in talks with production companies to launch a subscription service. We're going to discuss whether or not podcasting was a bad bet for Spotify, like Jessica predicted last week, literally on the last episode that we had. Yes. We're going to be discussing some Spotify technology, talking about right-wing extremism and you know, that thing where you're not allowed to say stuff. It's called... Um, <laughs> what? Censorship. What is it called? Censorship. No, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're not going to go down the weeds on that, y'all. Okay. We're ahead. not, but we are, are... It is on here. I couldn't remember the damn word. That's all. I want to know where it says censorship in there. Also, It doesn't. I just couldn't think of the word. Okay. Podcasts being targeted for takedown, Condé Nast, and the shit show they created. And then Elsie's going to give us a little review on her new MacBook. So stick around. We'll be right back. Before we get started, let me just tell you about our sponsor, SaneBox. And if you want to sign up for it, go to Sheep. Nope, just go to samebox.com because I don't think we have a special link for them. They don't need it because they're badass like that. You can sign up for SaneBox. What it does is it plugs into your Gmail and creates all these super handy dandy folders to keep your email organized. And I'm going to use organized with quotes around it because if you yourself are not organized, it's going to be a problem because Mm -hmm. you have to train your inbox to go into the different categories. So like now I have a category for all the stuff that I want to deal with later. And I have a category for news, but I also have a category for creating digital products for Etsy. And now I have some other things in there that I'm like, you know, just trying to like sort out like viral social media tips and stuff like that. But at first for like the first couple of days, I will say, I think that, you know, the training part is hard because you're like, where is you know, I missed a couple emails where people will say like, did you get my email on this or that? And it was in a folder that I hadn't looked at. So you also have to sort of train yourself to look at all the folders. But I'm in a groove now. Now I've been using it almost a month. I Are love it. Now? Yeah, it's under 20 bucks. It's something like 12 bucks a month. So go to samebox.com. Check it out. See what you think. Let us know. Okay, now back to the show. Now back to, so should we, so we're moving into our news. Yep. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. So this past weekend, as of the last week, this is like the news that everybody's talking about. That Apple, this is a report from 9to5Max that is actually reporting off of another website that has released some information saying that Apple is in talks with production companies to launch podcasting subscription service oh my god so according so this is sort of you know because this is what happens with a a lot of the online publications somebody gets the scoop and then everybody else reports on the scoop but i'm a really big fan of nine to five mac especially when i'm reporting on any kind of mac related stuff and so it seems that 
Apple could possibly release the ability for folks to, they're, they're actually discussing launching a new subscription service that would charge people to listen to podcasts. That's from the article on The Information. That's the actual website, The Information. But it is actually, quote, unclear when or whether Apple will launch the new service, end quote. So again, this is like speculation. Speculation. Hearsay. <laughs> that's that is correct gossip if you will uh yeah so there is some you know the, the conversation here just literally says that the information explains that by charging for individual podcast apple could potentially offer podcast creators a chance to make more money so that would be like you know oh, yeah. choosing apple podcast over competing platforms like spotify i mean well, the chances though of them offering independent podcasters is very slim they're probably going to ask celebrities to do it lock those down leave the rest of us in the dirt um however i do think if anyone can do a subscription properly it's apple because they just rolled out fitness plus that's right they already have tv plus and they already have music plus and how many more pluses can there be podcast <laughs> plus they're running Apple out of podcast plus yes i get Apps it plus i could go for that we can do the plus everybody's got the plus because the thing is though we don't really know if it is about being able to subscribe to like let's say premium con like we don't even we're now speculating over absolutely everything is it going to be one of those things where they apple is running a subscription type service a la Spotify, where if you buy whatever the bundled subscription is, you get access to premium content for everyone, for everything, or maybe some premium podcasts that are only available in Apple? Or is this something that each person can turn on and off, meaning that we could have like a subscription that you, you could use Apple to deliver the extra bonus stuff that we've been talking about, Jessica, that I was yeah. saying, like, I wish we had an RSS feed for our Q&As and for our special guests that we have in the Super Squad. Could that be something that we can offer in Apple Podcasts, just us, that really only pays us in the same way that subscriptions are set up for uh, apps, right? I just subscribe to an app. I pay them like Overcast, like I pay for Overcast and for Castro actually as a yearly subscription to support those apps. And because I love the functionality that they offer, is that something that could happen individually for each podcaster to set up on their own? Or is it like Spotify subscription? Like I have Apple One where you get one gigabyte, you get fitness, you get music, you get Ooh, um, I games. I noticed that. And you get another, you get everything, essentially. I was already paying for all that. You get Apple, oh, that's that's it. Apple TV Plus, you get music, you get the gaming thing, you know, the game, whatever, the video game one. Yeah. Um, you get fitness and you get one terabyte of data, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, it's for $30 a year. $30 a month. And I was already paying for all of these little things. So yeah, I'll probably have to do that too. Because we already pay for Apple TV and health and music, I think. Did you get music too? Yeah, I we I that's the one that I you use Spotify. I use Apple. I'm I'm I was Apple all in anyway. So to me, it was saving me money to sign up for the bundle. Oh, but, yeah, I use uh, Spotify. And once you're in, it's, it's hard, hard to, get, to out. get out. Like I used Apple for the longest time. In fact, I ripped all my CDs, every CD I ever owned into Apple. And then one year, probably like 2011 or 2010, my computer died and all of it, all of that died with it. Oh my gosh. I know. It was hundreds of thousands of songs. It was like Oh, my God. It was like, and plus, then I married Scott and he had CD after CD. I mean, it took Nathan a year to rip all his stuff into app into iTunes. It was crazy. Yeah. What a waste. Insane. Anyway, I know. But alas, but we alas. don't know. And then, you know, Carrie also mentions like ad free podcasts. Well, I don't know. Like, we're only speculating. We don't know what this is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to be like a marketplace type of thing. Mind you, with Spotify, who's making the money on Spotify? Spotify, right? And then like the supposedly the people who are doing Spotify specific stuff, 
Wait, I have a question. Yeah. This kind of goes into our next article, but okay. And I mean, you don't use Spotify, so asking you is probably pointless. But when you subscribe to Spotify, which I do, you don't get ads, right? So Spotify either needs to make that money in subscriptions or ads, but advertisers know that they're only advertising to people who aren't paying for the subscription. Why is that a good investment? Like digitally, don't you want the people who are subscribing who will pay the extra for something technical? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's yeah. not your audience if you're a podcast subs- uh, advertiser, I don't think. Well, no, because it depends on the uh, what they do have going for them is that they have, I believe, a lot more demographics because this is what, ad- as you know, this is what advertisers want, right? So as of now, they they give you a lot more demographics because they control the platform where everything is being consumed. Mm-hmm. And so they can actually give you the data. This is the podcast that everybody listens to all the way to the end. This podcast has, you know, 75% female this podcast has x you know age group they they can give you that stuff because they control that part of it they control the consumption aspect of it whereas with podcast advertising in totality you can't get that you can estimate based on your data in Spotify Apple podcast Google podcast you know, if you're using something like one of those little uh, addendum, what is it? Prepens, Chartable, I think, has a prepend, yeah, and yeah. like you know, all of those things. If and you're managing it that way, and you aggregate it, and then you extrapolate who your audience is based on all of that, but you don't get it in the way that uh, Spotify gives it to you. Mind you, that's a a small percentage. But if you are only in Spotify, then that's like a really great bit of information. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know. So last week, I just off the cuff wondered aloud how <laughs> that everyone gets very excited when these huge purchases happen because Wondery over the break was purchased by Amazon. And I just thought, why is it worth 300, 250? Like, why is it worth so Million. much money? I, I don't think it's worth $200, $350 million for any kind of network, for anything really podcasting related. I mean, at first it's like, wow, they're really putting a lot of stock in the podcasting industry. But now it's just like, wow, they're really going to tank. And right. so I feel like they're going to tank. And then two days later. I know this is crazy. This article came out. Was podcasting a bad bet for Spotify? Jessica Kupferman question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. But no, it's from the Podcast Business Journal. Was it a bad best for Spotify? Podcast Business Journal. And in their article, they said analysts at Citibank are not impressed so far from the hundreds of millions of dollars the company has spent gobbling up podcast companies. The Spotify endgame converting music listeners to podcast listeners even working. The city analysts wrote in a note to their clients Friday about Spotify's early results from podcasting. The cadence of premium gross additions through Q, uh, Q3 2020 and app download data through Q4 2020 do not show any material benefit from recent podcast investments that began in 2019. The firm downgraded the stock to sell from neutral. I don't know what that part means. It's like telling people not to buy the stock is essentially it's, what this yeah, is. It's kind of just like, hold saying. off, bitches. That's right. <laughs> So with so many apps available to consumers that are much more user-friendly and don't focus on exclusivity, this also makes you wonder if the listener even cares that Spotify offers podcasts. Guess what? No, they don't. Once a listener finds an app they like, plays the ones they love, why would they switch? There is literally, I'm just, now I'm editorializing. This is now not the article. There is literally no reason to share Spotify and how you listen to Spotify with the podcast. In any case, you go to this app for this, you go to that app for that. Well, no, no, no. I will correct you because there are cases based on that. And the cases are folks that end up finding podcasts inside of Spotify. 
that's where they listen to their show. So there's a lot of people who have never used Apple Podcasts. They don't know that there's any other apps out there that offer podcasts. They are really starting in Spotify. So those are like entry people, just entry people. But the key, I think, with, with what this article says here, it's interesting because it's asking the question that every single one of us as podcast um, marketers, because we all have to podcast market our stuff, right? right it says, right. at the first one, it says, is the Spotify endgame of converting music listeners to podcast listeners even working? Which is a great question because we need to ask ourselves that question too. Is multi-streaming in all of these different places like we're doing now even making uh, people now become podcast listeners. Well, here's is what that I will even say. happening? In our comments, I see Patrick is commenting from YouTube. Carrie is commenting from Facebook. John's yeah. on Periscope, but that's he's our pr- producer. No, no, no. But they're commenting right now live. How do we know that any new person who, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to call anybody up right now because I think that there's like, we don't know yet. But is somebody who finds us in these platforms like this, right, by us streaming, going to eventually convert to become podcast listeners? As in, like, they will subscribe to our show and listen to us by not watching us. Do we care? I only care. I mean, I I don't care. I mean, most people will care because they don't get the download or whatever. But I mean, if but because we sell by platform. We can use these numbers, however big or small they may be. Like I can see 15 people are watching live. You are correct. But later I also see that 700 people have seen it at one point. So like I don't care if they're, you know, how they listen or how they – but yes. Oh my God. John just brought up something. Yes. My investment guy did say stay away from Spotify stock. Yes. It's very – it was very high at the moment. Yeah, I know. Yes. And, and and I think, but wait, I mean, yes, let's go ahead and finish the conversation here because it said that it really is about the fact that that article or what city those analysts suggested is for you not to invest in Spotify because there is no material, you know, the words that they use, what is it? Material benefit from recent podcast investments, right? So that's what they're looking at. They're looking at it from the money's perspective. Now, though, just look at the next article that I found that kind of counteracts that art- that that narrative, which is this one, um, and this is from finance.yahoo.com. And the title of it is a little bit misleading. It's like Spotify technology would be one of the most compelling growth stocks this decade is the title of that article. And so the way that this has positioned it is that actually it has. It says at the bottom part of this article, it says, quote, uh, Spotify currently has 17% penetration of its addressable users. And the long-term opportunity is 3 billion smartphones that the company intends to launch into. The company could two to three time its MAUs in five years, conservatively, according to this thesis. So this actually counteracts the other narrative, which is like, don't invest. And then this one is essentially saying, uh, yeah, you need to do it because it is hugely growing here. And it is it is one of the biggest growing stocks that you could invest in. I don't know what MAUs are, y'all. I don't either. But but it says, um, but this is a thesis. Advertising is the most underappreciated part of the company's business, representing 10%, but it could be a key driver of upside opportunity. It says this opportunity for Spotify streaming services and podcasting to take share from terrestrial radio advertising represents a $28 billion opportunity. I do agree with that. Terrestrial radio advertising in the U.S. alone is a $13 billion market between 2014 and 2020. Streaming and podcasting share of your grew by 11 percentage points, which isn't that much. I mean, 13 to 24%. Mobile app users. Thanks, Carrie. Naturally, the advertising dollars have followed. If they've invested aggressively in tooling, analytics, and acquisitions, i.e. Megaphone, to further unlock this market. I just don't think, I don't know. I just think they, I, I feel like they're using math of like A plus B equals D. Like they have advertisers here. They have advertisers here. Therefore, I will eat them both and I will have all the advertisers. Like that only works if like, People are listening and still listen if you keep all the listeners. But if you put it behind a paywall, which now they're getting greedy, hmm. as soon as they put it behind a paywall, they cut the listenership by at least half. Yeah. I mean, it's true that they'll probably gain more over time. Right. But that doesn't mean they're going to have it like right now. Yeah. That's my 
Anyway, that's my no, no. I mean, it's not an easy, but I guess you know. All in all, I would say that if I had, it depends on how high the stock is right now. But if I were a person who had and did things like the stock market, I would, I would invest in stock and Spotify. I mean, it was my idea. He just told me no because at this moment it's very, very expensive, and I think that's because they just made huge purchases, so they need to make up for that with stock. But, um. Yeah, I mean, if it goes down even a little bit, I I would like to buy it as well because I think it would be interesting to see. I think that part of it is too that one thing that they do have going for them is that they have support to be really innovative in a lot of different ways. And when they put, when they decide to like go into something, they do it 100% or they continually step into it and you, they make it really a strong thing, right? Uh, Especially when they're, whatever it is that they come up with. Even if it is not a technology, like they have their, you know, sound up boot camp, like they have different places in the whole entire world that really focus on bringing awareness to their content and and cultivating communities around whatever that is. I really admire the way that Spotify does that kind of stuff. Now, in terms of Apple, I think that right now they're starting to notice now they're having to really promote all of their digital media assets out there, which they didn't have to do as much of before, meaning that they were more of a technology type company, like a hardware software type company so that they needed to focus on the stuff that you hold and you buy. Whereas now they have all of this other verticals, which is that, you know, the fitness stuff, which is the music stuff, which is the Disney stuff. That's all a totally different ball of, ball, is it ball of wax or bottle of wax? Yes. Ball, ball of wax. Ball of wax. I don't even know why one says that, but <laughs> bottle, ball, whatever. Ball, It's a whole other thing. <laughs> and, and and so uh, they have to market it differently. They have to give different like um, bonus features, if you will, right? Everybody wants to – now they're used to more subscriptions. Although, how confusing is it going to be now when you tell your people – subscribe to my show and Apple podcasts. And then you can also subscribe to my show in Apple podcast and get the bonus Follow stuff. it on Spotify. Oh, you're saying also. Yeah. Right. <sighs> because it's isn't, becoming a mess. It's, it's becoming, becoming a, a mess. mess. Yes. And so then that would be confusing because it's like, we're trying to tell people subscribing is free in Apple podcast, but then maybe, yeah. I don't know. It can get a little kooky. I mean, and also talking about it is futile because we're not involved in any of it. We just plug along, <laughs> making our own little podcast, wondering if it'll ever affect us, telling you the news that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> no, most of y'all are like, I don't even know what that was. What we should be telling you is what mic is coming out because that affects you. Whereas like what Spotify and Apple does, I mean, that may affect you like two years from now. But whether or not they make – I mean, it just – I guess it just affects like how people can listen, like all the different ways people can listen. But like you really just need the one for people to listen. So Right. And, uh, and anyway, it oh well, ski. Okay, but in in order to keep things nice and clean and not in any way convoluted or nuanced, let's move into our next conversation, shall we? <laughs> which is, which is actually this, this is one. the yeah this is you sent me this article this weekend, so um because the title it makes of it, me and I actually, so very very happy. It's it's crazy. So this was released, and I'm not even sure whose article this is because you shared it with me via CBS. Apple News, and then this is at San Francisco, and then somebody else quoted that it was on AP. So I have no idea. I mean, idea. usually if it says something like San Francisco CBS local, that's probably AP. It just means it's everywhere. Oh, I see. Okay. So then this is uh, – the title of this is Beyond Twitter and Facebook, Right-Wing Extremist Thrives Via Podcasting, and then they – they actually bring awareness to a bunch of not extremists. That's one dude. Extremism, right? Ex- oh, sorry, right beyond wing Twitter extremism. Right wing extremism is Mism. thriving Thrives. via podcast. Via podcast, that's right. So, <laughs> so, so they both <laughs> they cast attention to just like three, I think three, three sort of extremists. Is that it, or extremism, or right wing? Uh, type uh, shows out there. Well, yeah, they pulled out a couple shows that I guess they feel are 
in this category of extremism. Right. And so they drew attention to a few of those. They went down the rabbit hole of kind of talking about what these were. We're not going to mention them because we don't want to give them any no, extra bonus. No, I was thinking the same thing. Please don't say their name. Yeah. So, but they are, there's some of them. They're peddling the whole stolen an election fantasy, coronavirus conspiracies, violent and the rhetoric. QAnon madness. QAnon madness. Both are available on Apple and Google. One of them has already disappeared, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, one of them's already gone. But Google axed Bannon, Bannon's war room. Alex Jones has been gone for a while. And I mean, I I personally do think that those shows are dangerous. Right. But it does leave the question, who gets to decide what's dangerous? Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. it. Who? That's just, that's I, I don't just even it. want to go further. Like, who that's gets right. to decide what's dangerous? I mean, if it's clearly inciting violence and misinformation, but also misinformation is a catchy little word, isn't it? Because misinformation yes. could be considered Episcopalian versus Catholicism. Like Catholics would call right. that shit misinformation. Right. Because yeah. it's not Catholicism. Well, you know, so, what? It, it's just, it. yeah, it does depend. But then at the same time, that's not, well, it's just so hard. But listen, but here's the bottom line there. They're actually, the biggest focus of this article is in what the platforms should do, like platforms in in the sense of Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, like that level of platform, what they should do now kind of drawing a parallel between what Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook did, right? That's mm-hmm. what they're drawing that parallel into that. But here's where it becomes a little muddy. And I think that one thing that I've had a hard time explaining to people, especially when they kind of push back in terms of like that show shouldn't be on whatever platform. It's really hard to look at the terms of service on any of these providers and make a decision based on what they've said. So I'm going to read these two paragraphs from this article. Quote, Spotify said it takes down podcasts that violate its policies against hate hate speech, copyright violations, or break any laws using algorithmic and human detection measures to identify violations. That's what Spotify's doing. Okay, now we're moving into Apple. Quote, Apple's guidelines prohibit content that is illegal or promotes violence, graphic sex, or drugs, or is it otherwise considered obscene, objectionable, or in poor taste. What? Graphic sex? It does not. Okay, that is what There's that There's plenty said. of shows now, out there with graphic hold, hold sex. Up. And again, Apple did not reply to repeated questions about its content guidelines or moderation. And then, nor lastly, will they, because it's none of anyone's business. And then now, Google declined. This is a Google quote: "Google declined to explain the discrepancy between what's available on YouTube and what's on Google Podcasts, saying only that its podcast service indexes audio available on the web." much the way its search engine indexes web pages. The company said it removes podcasts from its platform in very rare circumstances, largely guided by local law. But as you heard that, there is tons of, I don't know, like, it, it, you know, well, tons so let me, of... Let me catch up with some of the comments here. So John says it's going to teach podcasters how not to use these platforms and work around them. Patrick says before the last five years, misinformation would have been a word that was clear and understood. That's very true and funny. That's true. And then Carrie says something I was just thinking was, you can't come up into my house and be a jerk, but you're welcome to do it on publicly owned property. That's how free speech works. Yes, but that brings us to a whole nother point. Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and all these other platforms, Apple and Spotify, they are not public property. They are companies, which means they don't necessarily have to follow the rules. If they don't like what you talk about, they can booty ass your show right the hell out of there if they want. Mm -hmm. And nobody has to tell them that they can't. The internet is public property, but having a website and a software, Spotify and Apple and Google are all proprietary products that when we sign up, we have to do a whole signing off on the terms of agreements that make it clear that we can post whatever the fuck we want, but we don't necessarily own that shit. Because once we've posted it to their platform, it's their shit, not our shit. I mean, yes, that little delicate balance hasn't really been broken up until this point. Like, no one's taken my Facebook pictures and advertised Facebook with it. And why would they? But like, 
they could if they wanted to. And they could turn me off if they wanted to. And they could kick me out if they wanted to because Facebook is not the government and the government is not Facebook, which is why they're constantly explaining to the government what their big ass deal is. That's why Jack and Mark are constantly in front of the Senate being questioned about what they did and why they did it. And, you know, I think why they're being questioned is because the Senate is trying to figure out if there's any kind of recourse. But guess what? There's not because it's their company. It's their party, as Carrie said, and you can they can cry if they want to. Capitalism always wins, says, says John. John. A company will appear and offer a platform that will not censor clients. For now. You know, yeah, but see here, I think that the issue here too, and it's something that I've been, I've been looking into a lot of the questions that have come up too, is that unfortunately right now, like the power really lies with these companies that have that right for themselves to remove people. Correct. Too much power. That's correct. That's the part that's worrisome because the power is there. It was never ever stopped. It's like all of a sudden they have all this power and it should actually be like a conversation, I believe, with like government and being able to have regulation. Because in just thinking about it, when these platforms de what is it, deplatformed Trump last week. Oh yeah. His everything in terms of the rhetoric and in terms of the misinformation and the lies I believe the articles that I have read is that all of that went down 74%, which is insane. Well, of course, if you cut off the source, I mean, it's sort of like you got to find the one guy. If Trump is the one guy peddling heroin into the country, then poof, all of a sudden you cut that guy out and you've got no, you've got a much different drug problem than you had. Right. But I guess the other thing here, though, is that right now, Right at this moment, and this, I think this article actually brings it up. It's the last paragraph, quote, but some argue that tech company moderation is opaque and inconsistent, creating a new set of problems. Censorship goes with the tide against what's popular in any given moment, said Jillian York, an expert of the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a digital rights group. Right now, she said, that tide is against the speech of right-wing extremists. But tomorrow, the tide might be against opposition activists, end quote. So if that were the case, though. What do you mean if? If Trump had been censoring haters, so to speak, for lack of a better term, all along, then he would have been a fascist dictator, which we already think he was trying to be but like i don't know wait i don't understand how that aligns with what i just said because the article said right now what's popular is hating trump but tomorrow it could be popular to hate joe biden right and then all of a sudden we're in a position where anyone who is you know spewing biden rhetoric could be taken off of the you know you can't do that or you can do that i mean It's tricky. It's tricky because in my head, it's not tricky because this is what I was talking about with John before you came on, Elsie, because facts are facts. There are no alternative facts. You don't get to have an opinion on science. You don't get to say there's some kind of conspiracy theory when people are dying of all the same shit. Don't tell me that like tomorrow it's going to be popular to hate Joe Biden because like the guy does not lie about shit ever. That we've seen, that we know of. I think that the point is, yes, I, I understand that. But again, in you know the whole QAnon thing that has come up here, they are 100% and it has grown. The insane growth of that is just nuts. They actually believe the craziest shit where you're just like, what? You wouldn't in a million years understand. And they are holding tight. And it's like, you know what? I just saw an episode, y'all. By the way, I think it was very poignant. I was watching Criminal Minds, and I think it was episode, it was um, season 13, uh, where I have to find it because I have to tell you guys to kind of watch it because it it kind of ended up being the back and forth conversation of like one of the agents with a woman who was like a conspiracy theorist for the truthists or something like that, that I, I don't know if that actually is a thing or not. But it was insane because... Everything the agent said to her, the other woman responded that she was proving her points. And the whole time, I was just like, how is anybody ever going to get anything done? Because you can't. 
Because it was all like, this is the truth. And the other one was like, I know that you're telling me that this is the truth, but really it's not the truth because of this. And it was like never relenting. And I was just like, how frustrating that is. I don't know what happened to journalism. When I was in journalism school, if you said anything that you was slightly non-factual, you were liable for being sued. And now all of a sudden, every network is fa- is like fact-ish because right. their every opinion is skewed. Every story is highlighting bad and, you know, and hiding good. And like it makes everything feel I feel how I feel how I feel. But like I also know that I've not been given even close to the correct story as far as what the Trump administration has accomplished. I have right. no fucking idea. And I mean, you can look for it, but it's hard to find. It's hard to find. I mean, only on Fox News. And I don't trust any of them either because they're talking about white Santa Claus and shit. Like, I don't know what they're talking about either. They're talking. I mean, I saw a quick video of all the people that were like talking about how you have to dominate with strength. And I mean, it was all of Fox News. It was all of Trump's children. There were so many people leading up to January 6th that were like, we got to take it back. They're stealing. Like, that's fucking dangerous. That's dangerous. Like, because John's like, how about we don't censor anyone? But John, there are a lot of bullies on social media. Forget the president. There are a lot of people that just decide they don't like someone and then just say terrible, terrible, terrible shit about someone until they have a nervous breakdown. And that's not okay. You can't. No, that's not. That shouldn't be allowed. That's causing mental and maybe physical harm. That shit is illegal. You have to censor people who are causing physical and mental harm. And who are the people who are spewing alternative facts? They are causing physical and mental harm to lots of people. Me. You can see that it's happening to me. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you the art that you guys go check it out and you know, the, the story yeah, on yeah. its own, it's, I'm not talking about the entire like scope of the storyline of the episode here, but I was very intrigued by the back and forth. Aisha Tyler is the one that was the agent and it was really poignant just going back and forth with it. And it's, epi- it's on season 13 for Criminal Minds. It is episode nine and it's called False Flag. And the reason that I'm also telling you this is because the truther, oh my God, I forgot about this. The truther had a podcast. And as they were talking, the truther lady, conspiracy lady, was like, Can we record this so I could put it on my podcast? And she put it in between them, in between the agent and her. And then they started to have a conversation. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so meta in so many different ways right now. Right, right. So it's crazy. So anyway, uh, check it out. But <sighs> obviously, we have not finalize the conversation when it comes to this. This is going to continue to happen. And unfortunately, it's wow. not an easy, I don't think it's an easy solution. It's not cut for, and dry. It's not cut and dry. There's just too many. And I always think about like, what would happen if the tides turned? And just like Carrie mentioned, what if somebody who was like a complete total psychopath ended up in a position of power as we have known that now it can actually happen? Yeah. And now they have the reins. And they can do all these things or have, I don't know, it's just too much. Or even a platform like, what if, what's his name? What's his name from Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe he has some kind of mental breakdown and he goes berserk. He is like the board. He's everything for Facebook. He has the power. So if he decided to do the opposite, if he decided to, in fact, hush anybody who is telling truths and just make all the lies come back up, he could do that. I mean, mind you, there's people who are working there that would hopefully stand yeah. up for I mean, that's why this is that. happening in the first place. A lot of it is because the employees were like, take that motherfucker off our platform. That's why he got gone. How much power does that have? I mean, it's just way too much. I mean, seriously. The employees are the ones that were like, what the fuck are we doing here? How and they're the ones so- that were d- dying. Because they were mur- killing themselves from having to moderate. That's know, the other thing. I know. Who is going to be moderating? I know. Think about that. It's a mess. Moderating podcasts. I know. I know. I know. How is that even going to happen? I can't even. Ugh. 
I can't even imagine. I will say, though, that I am on the opposite extreme, though. I am scared of becoming like North Korea, where you're not allowed to say anything bad against the government because right. that government are the liars. They are right. terrible, hairy, grotesque liars. And right. the people who live there either don't know that or can't care because they have no choice because they're constantly being censored. So it's like. It's scary. You know, we have freedom of speech, but I don't think we've ever had a situation where speech is so fucking false. I don't remember a time, certainly. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. Even the argument about abortion is fact versus fact. They're different arguments. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Because one is arguing the Bible and one is arguing the choice of a body. But still, there's no falseness happening there. Like, this is the first time, like, there's been a political mayhem over shit that isn't real it makes no sense i'm gonna it's gonna make my head explode anyway moving on sorry i mean there are some falsities when it comes to the argument too of just but i get your point all right well you know what i'm saying though well one of the falsities is that you can't use the bible as a fucking book of law because it's not it's a bible law is law bible is bible anyway doesn't matter Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> Our last story that we're covering is this one. Condé Nast. You psychos. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Condé Nast had big plans for podcast in 2020, and they launched new eponymous, eponymous net podcast network and three shows. <laughs> the Pitchfork Review, Get Wired, and In Vogue. And this was in... I don't know when, but by the end of December, when did they announce that shit? I don't remember. But by the end of December, most of the people who created and worked on those shows were no longer employed by the company. In a statement, 11 former Condé Nast contract producers and editors allege that the company mishandled their employment, outsourced their work to additional contractors, and generally bungled the network through mismanagement. They said, we believe that they could have a bright future in audio, but we don't foresee success for this or any auto initiative that doesn't rep- respect its producers, editors, or engineers, or the creative work they're making. And then later on, they go on to say that, like, these people, the producers and editors, were brought on as contractors and then had to train, like, replacements. They had to, like, turn over their process to someone else to, like, either work cheaper or, I don't know, that like, that made no sense to me. Like, but basically... They were hired as contractors, and then I guess Condé Nast was like, damn, that's expensive. And then they wanted to give it to someone else. Carrie sums it up right here. She says, did they figure out podcasting wasn't easy? <laughs> well, podcast wasn't uh, easy. Uh. <laughs> oh, poor babies. It's hard. Oh. It's so hard. Oh, no. Yes, that's probably true, Carrie. They probably realized it's fucking work. And not something. It's so cute, though, that they were just like, podcasting's where all the money is. Let's hire four dumb shits and see if they can make some shows. And then when well, they were dumb shits and they like were like, oh, I need eight things of this and four things of this and some fucking right. equipment. They were like, fuck it. And also the fact that they, I know it takes a lot of work. I mean, it takes a lot of work to do these shows. You can't just like all of a sudden do expect yeah. the earth. And, and that's only the, the even the this pod, show is the hard. Earth. The Earth, the podcast creation, right? Because the other thing, as we all know, particularly podcasters, there's one thing that is creating the show, and then there's the other thing that is marketing and growing the show. Right. Those are totally different actions. So true. So true. So it's like even if they're investing in the product and the thing itself, you also have to invest in the other side, which is audience acquisition, audience growth, advertising, marketing, brand awareness. Like all of those things are outside of the podcast itself. So, oh, my God. I know. This has been a very tumultuous episode. This has been. If we've gotten you all riled up, go take a bath, have some... (laughs) Hot cocoa, meditate. Hey, did you read the last um, paragraph on that by any chance? The last paragraph all the way at the bottom? It says I did. Okay. Yeah. It says, I think it's a great example of how the people who do the most work are the always treated as if they're disposable. Says Tarkar Zen, a former In Vogue associate producer. It's important for companies to realize that if you want to invest in the product, you also have to invest in the people who make it work. Oh, my God. What? I mean... Again, duh. 
<laughs> but I guess they thought they were going to be all kinds of shortcutty with it. And yeah, those of us listening to this show know that's horse shit. You can't yeah. do that. Oh, no. Oh, well. Okay. I think that this is also a conversation that's going to be coming up a lot, right? Because there's a difference between like, let's say you and I and we have our little team, right? Let's take away the She Podcast platform and let's just focus on the She Podcast podcast right now. So it's like essentially it's you, it's us two and John and we get the show done and we get the show essentially for the most part, it lives on its own with us three. But even with us three, we invest a lot of time doing these things it's not us three we because holly helps you with the show notes and then no this person i'm not saying about i'm not ta- that's what i said we're not talking about she podcast the platform okay i'm talking about creating the audio I'm, that's all i'm talking about i'm not talking about marketing yes. i'm talking about okay 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 okay, 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 okay. Yes, okay? Yes, yes. so it's essentially you and i and john we create the audio product yes okay yes sorry. of the podcast yes i'm sorry I'm that sorry. in itself takes a long time to do it does just that of the time invested in both all three of us preparing for the show all of us have different jobs in coming here some of sometimes we do a better job than other times but we still have to show up and do this thing right so if you think about the amount of time even collectively we are spending here meaning even if it's let's say we record for an hour that's really three hours of work because mm-hmm. it's your work, my work, and John's work. Mm-hmm. That just in recording. Let's say we were just doing an hour. So I'm saying that th- that kind of work takes a long time and we can monitor that and we value our time. But hiring people outside of this, you have to compensate them to invest that much time into the work as well. That's all I'm saying. Like we are not getting paid for this. Yeah. We're doing this. We just do it. Yeah, but if you're gonna show hire me hard. to do this, you have to pay me for it. Yeah. So idiots, idiots. <laughs> anywho, God. anywho. All right. Well, Elsie, I cannot. I've waited all this time. Where are you? Have you? I have. I need to hear about your new laptop. Tell us about it. Yes, yes. Here we go. It's time for tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. The voice of God actually came in and talked to us while we were recording. Yo. All right. Um, yeah. So I have a new MacBook Air uh, that is the latest version with the M1, the M1 Max with the new processor that is proprietary to Apple. And I am really, really, really loving it. And I have to say that the only reason that I got rid of the other one is because the keyboard was the worst experience of my life using a computer. It is horrible. I heard the stories and I was like, it can't be that bad. Plus when I, when, you know, when I got the computer, I needed the computer. So I had to get it. But oh my God, every time I started typing and then Rob Walsh, my co-host for the feed, he really encapsulated what it was like, Jess. And if you can imagine this, it is that your keyboard and when you're typing has Tourette's. Mm-hmm. Tourette's manifests itself with these like exclamations and things that come out that are not particularly what you're trying to get across. It's this extra stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Like you started typing and then the A would type five A's and then it would do two T's. It was maddening where I would try to just say to you, Hey, Jess. And I would type, Hey, Jess, really fast, right? Hey, Jess. And then it would go, Hey, Jess. Kamakama. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I had to delete, 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 like fix it. And then there came to the point where I was just like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to even fix it. So anytime that you saw a typo with double letters, it wasn't me being extra. It was just the computer was extra. I was about to kill it. Yeah. So now that I have the, the newest one, I don't have that. But the screen of this thing and the fast and the speed of it is amazing. I love it so hard. It is my new favorite toy ever in the whole entire world. So it is by far, I think that it's it's an ultimate computer for a podcaster. I have to say, I'm not saying streamer, not talking streamer for a podcaster. I don't hear anything come on. It is super fast, like right off the bat, everything is on. And 
of all things that look absolutely glorious. This is going to be so pathetic when I tell you what looks amazing. Google Docs. You're kidding. I know, right? Why? How? What? <laughs> because the the crispness, I don't even know how to tell you. All I know is that every time I open up Google Docs, I'm like, oh, this looks really nice. Like the way that the font looks, the crispness of the letters, the, I don't, I, I don't know. All I know is that it looks beautiful. And I don't even, I've never said that about Google Docs. Who, who, who would? Who, who would? Right. But uh, anyway, I'm a big lover of it. So if anybody's looking to get a new computer, I would say go get yourself a MacBook Air, one of the M1s. Yeah, the M1 is the big deal is the fast chip and stuff. Is it like significantly amazing, the fastness of it? I just used my old, old MacBook Air, like, because I returned the computer before. So I got, you know, like I sent it back to Apple. But the one before that, I still have it. And I had to turn it on to use a phonic. Mm Mm-hmm. And it took so long for the thing to just turn on. (laughs) So this is like instant on. It's like bing, boom, boom, boom. So it's fast. But I haven't processed any video stuff. And yeah, when it comes to that stuff, I haven't processed too much media on it yet. So I can't see if anything's even extra. And unfortunately, things like Alphonic are not working. And I have not figured out how to really use Audio Hijack on the computer either yet. I haven't troubleshooted. I just haven't had time to do that because there's some like funky, weird security crap going on in the back end <laughs> yeah. between the M1 and Big Sur. So whatevs. Mm. That is it. Sweet. Well, yep. thanks. That was so exciting. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are listening, before we close it out, I just want to let you know that we have a cool new way of getting in touch with you when stuff is happening, like watching our show stream live or when we have sales going on and stuff. So if you text the word yes, Y-E-S to 302-240-3425 um, and get on our text list so that we can let you know when stuff is happening. Or if you're on your computer, go to my.community.com forward slash she podcast, sign up for texts so that we can be in your text messages. We promise it is not annoying. It is actually delightful. Also, if you'd like to connect with us, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She Podcasts. Um, you can also go to ShePodcast.com for our show notes and all the cool stuff that's happening there as well. Um, I think that's about it. Don't forget to sign up for the texts. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you being here. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>